Welcome to the Hayes Worldwide Leadership Insights Podcast. In this series, I'll be talking to business leaders from across the world of work who will be sharing their expertise to help you effectively lead your business, both now and in the future. Now more than ever, one of the top challenges business leaders are facing is attracting the right people with the right skills to their business. As a result, competition for the best talent is high. So, what can employers do to ensure that those interested in joining their organisations have the best experience possible? Today, we're joined by Nigel Heap, Managing Director of the UK and EMEA at Hayes. In the UK, Hayes has recently surveyed 14,000 people to find out what applicants want at each stage of the hiring process. The report found that some of the biggest deal breakers that deter applicants, employers can address, but only if they're prepared to invest where it matters most to applicants. To do this, they need to be aware of the experience they're offering candidates and learn where their gaps or issues are along this journey. Although this research was conducted in the UK, the findings and associated recommendations are truly globally relevant. Today, Nigel will talk us through some of the report's broader findings and explain what specifically employers can do to improve their hiring processes in order to attract the best talent. So, before we dive into the details, I wondered whether you could explain the different stages a candidate experiences when applying for a new job. Sure. The key parts of the process we've identified are search, apply, decide and join. Search is the information that candidates find when researching employers and reading job specs. Apply is the experience that applicants have when they apply for jobs. Decide is the experience that the applicant has of the interview process. And join is the stage that includes the space between deciding to join and joining, the induction and the onboarding process prior to and after joining that organisation. As you rightly said in your intro, our UK business has recently conducted some research into what applicants want and expect to see at each stage of the process. And what we've identified is there's a huge gap between an employer's perception of the quality of the applicant experience they provide and the reality actually experienced by those applicants. And throughout the research, we've identified some of the deal breakers within each stage of the applicant journey, which are quite simply putting candidates off. I'm interested to hear a little bit more about this gap between expectation and reality. In terms of the first stage, search, what do candidates expect to find when researching a potential employer? Well, I think as we all know, candidates now have much more access to knowledge about the organisation, much more power, and they are researching employers. Of course, they're looking at their website, they're looking at what their job ads are like, but they're doing a lot more besides. They're looking at brand values, financial information, obviously information pertaining to themselves, what development opportunities is offered in their career, and then of course, whether the employer is genuinely committed to equality, diversity, and inclusion. And they want an authentic experience of that organisation. They want the organisation to be as transparent as possible, and increasingly, they're looking at trying to identify what the culture of that organisation is like. And I'd urge that employers need to be far more strategic than they are today when they look at the feedback employees are making about them. These have a huge bearing on the application process. And for instance, in this survey, we found that 61% of applicants have been discouraged from applying for a job after reading a negative online review about that organisation. Now, that online review could be by an employee, an ex-employee, 
or of course a customer. And in terms of authenticity, candidates also expect that the job spec itself or the job ad shouldn't lead to mismatched expectations. Of course, the employer is going to try and sell that opportunity, but they should also be clear and transparent in what it is that they're going to be offering. And what about the next stage, apply? What are the most common things putting applicants off once they've done their research and decided to apply for a job? Yeah, I think the key here is that candidates want a quick and easily application process. And in fact, I don't think that's different to 20, 30 years ago. But we found that 71% of applicants say that they would abandon an online application if it took more than 15 minutes to complete. Yet 40% of employers say the application process takes longer than that. And I accept some employers deliberately make it quite difficult to apply for a job because they're trying to put off people that perhaps are not 100% committed to that organisation or that job. But I'd also ask them to consider, are they missing out on applicants that actually would be very, very good otherwise? Is there anything else that typically frustrates your average applicant during this stage? I think our research identified that where career websites simply don't meet the expectation of candidates, and this can lead to further disengagement. For example, applicants want to be able to set up job alerts with with jobs boards or with employer sites and they want to be able to create their own profile. They want to find it easy to navigate around the career section of prospective employer. Now making changes to one's website can be expensive and a lengthy process but it's certainly that uh, that we advocate indeed one of the services that we offer at Hayes is a consultancy advice whereby we we will actually help build a career site for, for employers. Now, do applicant frustrations tend to end as soon as they've hit submit on their applications? No, sadly not in most cases. <laughs> I think the, the main frustration, and it's a combination of two things, but it's the pace at which the organisation responds to the applicant and it's the lack of information that the applicant gets and they almost feel like they can, they're falling into a black hole. And you know, certainly we urge employers to react quickly to an applicant to respond to that applicant, acknowledging that they've, re- they've received the CV or, or the application, but also acknowledging to the applicant when they can expect to hear back from the employer. I couldn't agree more. So once a candidate has applied and they've been invited to interview, what are the main deal breakers you think they face at interview stage and how can employers rectify these? Yeah, well, this is when we're really getting down to the personal interaction between people. We talk about the interview process, then typically candidates are getting frustrated by an unstructured and disjointed interview process, not feeling welcome when they arrive at interview, not being able to use the interview as a mean to gauge whether or not this is the right company for them. A common failing of people doing interviews is that they do all the talking instead of all the listening. A lack of communication in terms of the next steps of the hiring process. Then post-interview, a lack of feedback on their performance or suitability. And all of these issues were were identified in our report. To me, the person doing the interview has got to be able to be very good at interviewing. And a tip for employers is to try and ensure that you give training, not how to be interviewed, but of course how to interview. I also think small things can make a big difference. Introducing that candidate to other employees, taking them a tour on the of the working environment. After all, if they are going to join you, they are going to be working in that environment with those people, hopefully for a considerable amount of time. And although it might sound basic, but we also identified that some of these first impressions really do count. And candidates said that they'd been deterred from pursuing an employer simply because of the first impression. And that first impression can be how busy was the receptionist? Did the receptionist grant them well? Was the reception clean? 
Some great tips there, thank you. It sounds like a very good idea for employers to take a step back and really think about which part of their interview processes are going well and what can be improved upon. Now, once the applicant has been offered the job and they decide to join the company, is there anything employers can do to ensure that their first day goes smoothly and that they feel welcomed? Yes, I mean, again, sometimes it comes down to the really small things, but it doesn't apply to every employee, but most employees now have a PC on their desk or a laptop, and it's, it's a simple thing with making sure that the, they can get logged in on the first day. I think assigning one point of contact even before the first day, so in that period between they've accepted the job and starting, make sure that they've got a point of contact to go to, because it could be anything about parking, it could be any clarifications ascertaining to the contract and so on. I think also... Organising a team meeting before that first day, particularly with their direct reports, that could be in a social environment or it could be a work environment. And then once they've started, organising an induction plan. It shouldn't be too long, depending on the role. It could be one day, it could be one week, but we certainly wouldn't suggest it's any more than one month. Sending a welcome pack before they start and then post them starting, ensuring that there's regular one-to-ones with their new boss to be able to answer any questions. Again, in our experience, we do see a significant amount of people who join organisations leave them very quickly after joining, and much of that is down to the onboarding process that they received. So we've covered some of the most common pain points that candidates typically experience when applying for new roles. However, as you touched upon, many of these will of course be very unique to each individual employer. So for those listeners who may be struggling to determine which exact issues they're facing in their hiring process, what steps would you recommend they take to identify them? Well, I think firstly, they need to treat that candidate or that applicant as a customer. They are competing in most cases with other employers for that talent. Very rarely now does someone applying for a job only apply for one job. They've often got multiple choice of which organisation to join. So that customer and the individual representing the employer has obviously got to treat that person as a customer and persuade that person to come and join them if, of course, they think they're suitable. Secondly, don't just rely on your own judgment about the applicant journey. Get other people, get trusted employees to test what it's like. How long is an application process? Does it feel good? Is it easy to navigate job pages and so on? And then lastly, I think, make sure that you're continually asking for feedback from both successful and unsuccessful applicants. Don't be afraid to ask them what experience they they had with, with going through that process, because ultimately we believe that the hiring of people is not constant in terms of change. The whole process will evolve over time. And any employer who thinks they've got an absolutely fantastic process for applicants applying to that organisation can still make things better. Thank you, Nigel. This has been really enlightening. Now, to change topics slightly, this is a question that we ask all of our podcast guests. What do you think are the top three qualities that make a good leader? Firstly, I think you've got, and within this is lots of nuances, but you've got to have the ability to be able to identify the right people, whether that's identifying the right people from outside your organisation or identifying the right people inside your organisation and promoting them into the right positions accordingly. Building that team around you, I think, is, is the number one. Secondly, be brave in your decision making. I think often too many leaders fail because they don't make enough decisions and they don't make the tough decisions. So it's all about being brave. And then thirdly, and this is certainly a mantra that that we have at Hayes, is lead from the front. Remember that everything you do as a leader will reflect on how your team perform. Thank you very much. It's been great to speak to you today. 
As you say, it's becoming harder and harder for businesses to attract the right talent, so it's important that employers use all of the tools available to them to do this. Hopefully our listeners will have picked up a few hints and tips that they can start implementing straight away. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hayes Worldwide Leadership Insights Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe to receive the latest episodes straight to your device. 